we love our theme song and want to put you on. If you need someone who can edit and mix audio, create background music for podcasts, or even soundtrack music for movies and TV shows, Taylor, aka Top Notch, is your guy. Not only can he mix audio, but he can create your next hit within his in-home studio. If you're looking for more info, you can contact Taylor at his email, topnotch, that's spelled T-O-P-N-O-T-C-H dot U-M-C-U-L-O at gmail.com. That's topnotch dot U-M-C-U-L-O at gmail.com. <laughs> Gra- tries to quickly grab phone to start the timer. <laughs> Started. I'm weak. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana. You know who it is. <laughs> oh, you switched it up this week. <laughs> no, Dime was telling me not to do that. He was like, some people don't know who you are, so you have to say it. And I was like, okay, you're right. It, yeah. It's true. I'm Samra. <laughs> I was like, so are you going to say it? Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> it's uh, like peekaboo. <laughs> and this week, we're trying something a little bit new. Let us know if y'all like it or not. We're going to try to talk a little more. More than we already are. But <laughs> <laughs> more talking, guys. More talking. It's um, a podcast. It is a podcast where we speak. But, um, so, let me not drop my mic. (laughs) She's going to back off and then she's, like, (laughs) punching her mic. Punches mic. Punches mic because of all the homework I have to do once we're done with this. Oh, yeah, the desk is probably going crazy. The desk, she's organized right now. Oh. But, uh, I can't say that by the end of the day. Uh, Nah, you're a queen as you goer. Don't even front. It's going to be spick and span. (laughs) You know, sometimes I'd be tired and I'm like, <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> Period. No, I know that feeling all too well. Yeah, like even when it does come to cooking and I am a clean as you go, mm-hmm. there's still those like pots and stuff that you cooked in like at the end that you can't clean until at the end. Yeah. Oh, well, right. And so That's... those ones, sometimes at the end of the night, if I don't feel like doing like the big dishes, I'll just make sure that all the food is out of it. I feel like you're doing something. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the main priority is just making sure it's not like bugs coming in. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, now I live in the gosh dang forest pretty much. (laughs) So I got all these trees. Literally, they could be coming in from the woods. They do come in from the woods. I had to kill a roach. What was that? Two weeks ago? A week ago? Something like that. Ah, she's a homeowner, y'all. This is ghetto sometimes. <laughs> Don't let the, do not let them fool you. This can be very ghetto. That's so funny. The secrets they don't tell you. You have to kill your own bugs. Right. You yeah. have to unclog your own toilet. Right. Luckily, I haven't had to do that yet. Gosh, you just made me realize I don't even have a plunger. Bitch, (laughs) you better go to the fucking Dollar General today. Oh my gosh, yeah. I I literally do. (laughs) Period. I would have to leave it and go get a plunger if I had thought of this. I would leave and just not come back. 
I'd be not like, just not come back. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to have to see y'all when I see y'all. No, I literally told my parents when I bought my house, I said, now, if a snake or something gets into my house, you're going to see me on the nightly news because my house on fire and I'm just getting outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you wouldn't even get any insurance money for it. You like get the part of the crime scene like, yeah. Yeah, I, did I did that. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. but you would go viral because people would be like, this is me. <laughs> They'd be like, the same. Relatable content. I, I think I'd start a GoFundMe and I'd probably get money. People, I think, would understand. No, no, they would. They would definitely understand. Desperate times. Call for desperate measures. Up her. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, I feel like, like when stuff like that happens, I'm like... I would call animal control one. I don't even know their number. So I'd have to look it up in that moment. Maybe I'll save it to my phone. And then two. Mm-hmm. You just Google it real quick. Yeah. But then two, like snakes move fast. So uh, I would have to keep an eye on it until animal control got to my home. Hell nah. Keep an eye on it. I'm, yeah. You gotta. It's time to leave. <laughs> but if I leave and then I don't know where it is and then they can't find it. Bro, remember when there was a snake in my basement when I was living at my parents' house? Bro, I do remember the story. I mean, I kind of remember the story, but, like, not really. I was traumatized for months after that. (laughs) That's probably my breaking point when I was like, I gotta get out of (laughs) here. When you're like, I have to move. Yeah, I was like, my dad doesn't even care. He was like... (laughs) He's like, what'd you do? Like, when I told him (laughs) about it, I was like... So it's your fault. What do you mean? What do you do? (laughs) What did I do? What are you going to (laughs) do? I feel like that's a dad thing, though, because I feel like that would be my dad's initial response. Like, well, what did you do to make it come in here? Like, what do you mean? Right. I literally, he, like, oh. Like a mating call? (laughs) Going into it is scaring me again because the way I literally had just woken up so I already had foggy sleep brain and then I you know go to put my feet on the floor and there's a snake like a living thing that touched my foot I was I was not fine I would have passed away in that moment you know what the worst part was though what I had to get up get dressed and go to work Ghetto. I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. PTO. PTO. <laughs> I was like, this, this is, this is not what I came here for. Right. I can't imagine. Was this when you were working for Steven still? It, it was. Did you text him? I can't imagine his face when he got that text. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I texted him or if I just showed up and was like freaking out, but... <laughs> Yeah, he was he was checking on me for like a few weeks after that because I was shaken up truly. I mean, I feel because you can see those things on like TVs and shows and whatnot, but it's like a whole different thing when it actually happens to you in real life. It's different, very very <laughs> real. <laughs> that's like no, giving... but that's spooky. It's giving spooky season. It is giving spooky season. Speaking of, I don't know when this episode, if this episode will drop before we start oh. doing this or not. Mm. It might, but be stay tuned because you're about to have spooky stories from Lana and Sam's 
for the spooky mm. season. Yes, the moment you've all been waiting for. The moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, but if this, if this does drop before... <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my god, who was that? Spooky! <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my it's a goodness. ghost on the mic somewhere. Lord. Okay, but if this drops two weeks before the end of, like the last two weeks of October, send in your scary stories that you want us to tell. We would Ooh. love to oh, yeah. use those. Oh, that would be even honestly better. That'd be fire. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of want to make an Instagram thing and like questions and be like, Oh, yeah. Link, link a scary story for us to tell on the show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That'd be fun as fuck. I would love yeah. that. Same. Okay. That's what we're doing. We're going to do it. Also, um, I know this is not going to air on October 3rd, but it is October 3rd. And on October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. And I said, it's October October 3rd. (laughs) There's only one day you can celebrate that scene. And it's only one day. Well, Well, for us. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anywho, you're stealing my line again. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know, train market. <laughs> At this point. Tell me why Dime's kid, so Diamond is my boyfriend, guys, and um, his daughter was like, why do you always say period? You have to stop saying that. It's always <laughs> per, per, period, per, per. And I was like, damn. Period. <laughs> you kind of roasted me there. Like, I, I do need to stop saying that. Remember, like, though, in college, I would always have some word that I would always say. I was, like, telling him. I was, like, I'd go through these phases with words. Yeah. It's just part of who I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I overuse it, and then everyone gets annoyed. Nah. At least I'm not in my your mom stage anymore. Oh, my goodness. that, that was, was annoying to everybody. <laughs> that was the one where I was, like, Samra, please. I was, I was dying, but no one else was <laughs> laughing with me. I was, like literally please stop <laughs> like all the rest of them i could get with but not that one <laughs> no one was with it wasn't kayla with it loki <laughs> i don't know <laughs> probably because we we're on the same way but right <laughs> oh man yeah i think <laughs> my ex had like an intervention with me or something it was like please <laughs> For the sake of all of us. Right. I was like, okay, points were made. <laughs> and that's how I felt. I was like, deja vu. <laughs> and it's coming from a six-year-old. I was just about to ask, how old is she? Like, she's so smart and, like, grown, but, like... <laughs> I love hit, the grown woman vibes. It hits different when it comes from a six-year-old. <laughs> Man, I was speaking of six, I just realized that when I turned 30... Aaron, my little brother, he's gonna turn six. Oh, yeah, that's that's a difference in age. Like, you could be so his mom. Good. I could be his mom. Wow. It's but really now funny. you're you're like you're in the clear for another six years. Like you don't have to have a baby because everyone's consumed with Aaron. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, I'm consumed with Aaron. He's so freaking adorable. I really want to just cuddle with him. It's so it's. I have to send you these pictures. It's like a series of unfortunate events with him. When I was trying to take a picture with them, it's so funny. Oh, precious! It, it went from him being like, "Bro, can you please stop with the pictures?" Yeah. To him being like, "Screw it, just take the picture." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'm here." I guess. 
I guess. Why y'all trying to keep taking pictures of me? I know. I love his his stank face and his attitude. That's why he's my little grumpy grandpa. That's his nickname that I've Not given him. Mr. Grumpy Grandpa. Mm-hmm. That's precious. Oh, I'm so happy for you guys. Shame. Um, but yeah, honestly, kids, kids, maybe in the next four years, five years. Ooh, that sounds even it, like a lot to me. But honestly, because, you know, my Snapchat memories love to remind me of things that happened five years ago. Um, in today's memory was the Beyonce concert we went to. That five, was five years ago? Five years ago. Nah. Yeah, it was October of 2016. <gasps> what? We were freaking sophomores in college, bro. No, that's not right. <laughs> She said, it I seems like yesterday. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like me saying I'm, I want to have kids the next four to five years. That's nothing because it's going to feel like yesterday. I guess. Autumn was just telling me today. Well, no, she wasn't telling me. I was eavesdropping on her conversation. She had a friend <laughs> over. Um, she was saying that our peak fertility as women is at 28. So I was like, oh, because I don't really want to have a kid till I'm 30, but it's... If I'm starting at 30, then I feel like maybe I should be starting at earlier, like 28. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Do it's just... I feel like you can't really plan those things, and it actually doesn't work out when you try to plan those types of things. Well, like, you can have, like, a goal in mind, but <laughs> nine times out of ten, that's not gonna happen. Not a four-year plan. <laughs> with children. Um, but, I mean, as women, like, as much as it sucks, like that biological clock is somewhat ticking no, once, yeah. once you get into your 30s. So it's like, if you know you want to have a certain amount of kids and like kind of space them out a little, that that's the real kicker is spacing them out because mm-hmm. that like you're pregnant for nine months then you have the child and then you've got to recover for six weeks. And then like, you kind of want to enjoy the child. Six weeks. That's all you get. I think that's like the the golden. I know that it's like six weeks until you can have sex again. So it's like six weeks. Oh my god! Until you're fully healed. You know, healed, but you know that varies for everybody. I was about it's to different. say I need a six months. <laughs> Not six months. Well, okay. So say you go six months. So that's nine months, then six months, and then you got to start trying again. Oh no! And just because it was easy the first time doesn't mean it's going to be easy to get pregnant the second time like because you're not every pregnancy is just magical snap and done like right it's just so much that goes into getting pregnant that like people don't think about i think no no you're right i mean oof there's this chap, this book that Autumn read, that I read, like defining decade. She literally called me when she started reading <laughs> it. It was like Alana. <laughs> she she was cracking me up. I was on the plane. Like it was such a fucking struggle trying to get back to Alabama from New York. We were just in the airport, but she was like, "So I read that book that you read a while back." She was like. I was on the floor like she was like I took notes I had (laughs) basically had a whole breakdown because she was like I've never had it explained so clearly (laughs) 
which this is a perfect time to shout out our read with us section on our website because Samra did a review on the defining decade that is posted on the site. So go check it out. Yes, guys, check that out. Uh, oh, not a phone call. Um, weak. Did you did you silence your phone? Let me pause it. So yeah, dude, being a woman and trying to organize those things with but you know what i'm just trying to be chill right now like this past yes, weekend was that. like such a good weekend like i found myself like i went to brunch with my line sister demaya and i was just Y'all like look so the- cute by the way <laughs> i saw the Yay! little videos <laughs> and i was just like on the drive there i was just so happy and i was like this Aww. is the feeling that like I want, like living my life, like even through COVID, just being really safe and still cautious, but like still living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so important. It is. And it's so good for your mental health too, because like now that I've had like fun this weekend today, I'm like, okay, school, I'm on it. I'm here. No, I agree completely. Getting back from vacation, I feel like just having those few days off gave me like just this energy to hit like I've been working out since I got back like all Mm -hmm. these things that before I just could not muster up the energy to do yeah it's just like oh yeah getting this done getting this done getting this done and just like being able to check boxes that I've been like on my list forever Right. So, so I think important. it's good for your yeah 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 I feel like it's good for you for sure for sure you know what else is good for you oh my gosh don't remind me oh good for you okay let me stop um <laughs> reading this book with us and we're currently on chapter 20 that we'll be discussing today uh Ooh. titled the ones we've been waiting for and honestly I was like what are you waiting for Bro, she was performing at the festival. She no way. I was, Did she really? I was walking out as she was singing that song, and I was like, oh, oh, hey, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> we love some Ellie Golding in this house. Have you listened to that Slow Grenade song that I sent you yet? When did you send that to me? This was like a couple weeks ago when I told you about it. You might have to scroll up in our messages. Girl, I'll just look it up at that point. <laughs> Slow grenade. Yeah. Is it by Ellie? Yeah, it's on. It's from her new album. I feel like I have. I did hear it, but I can't remember it right now. You might have, but you know, it's whatever. I feel like she had a hold on the radio waves for a, a few years there. <laughs> she did. She really did. It was a great time, though. Lots of memes. Lots of memes. Yeah, I think she puts some sort of serotonin in her songs. <laughs> she does. She does. All right. I'm ready when you are for the quote, ma'am. Okay, girl. I'm trying to find the chapter. Weight of the world, more than enough. The ones, the ones we've been waiting, waiting for. for. <laughs> okay, guys. This one is from our great president, Barack Obama. Forever my president. Period. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, every time I say it now, I'm like, oh. she's got a hold on you. She does. <laughs> the way she's living rent free in my brain. Okay. <sighs> okay. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. And you Love know what? That. She gonna get me, but purr. 
<laughs> as she should. I mean, as you should. Oh, I'm weak. Okay. That's but, great. great quote. But I think we talked about this in another chapter, I think, where mm. it's like, you know, people will be like, oh, America sucks. I'm, it's so racist. I'm going to move to like England or something. And it's like, it lives everywhere, <laughs> no matter where you go. It's just like putting in the work where you are is what matters. That's real talk. Like, there's so much bad shit in this world that you can focus on everywhere. But I think that you truly make a difference more when you're actively in your community doing the things that you be preaching about on inter- the internet, you know, when you're actually like making that difference and that change i feel like you just feel better like on a mental level yeah because then you can put your stamp of approval on it at that point Mm -hmm. and validate like what you've been saying like putting your mouth your money where your mouth is pretty much yeah it makes you feel good Mm -hmm. it really does like whenever like i coupon and i get to donate it to the birmingham free store y'all should really check them out support them it's a great cause basically anybody from like any socioeconomic status can go there and get like basic essentials so Mm -hmm. when I coupon and like I'm doing it for fun and as a hobby because that's how I get my serotonin Mm -hmm. and then I get to donate and know that I'm going to be making a difference in that community like that feels great like practicing what you preach you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because I like accidentally bought a lot of laundry detergent like so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I do with all this? Like I don't even have the space for this. Mm-hmm. So it's still sitting in my trunk. I'm just going to take it there. Yeah, just take it to the free store. They'd be happy. They take cleaning supplies, laundry products, clothes, books, food. I know food is probably one of the number one things because they have a pantry and a refrigerator now. They just got that. So their their entire operation is based off of donations. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I know they have a Patreon. We'll link the Patreon in the episode notes if you all want to support. Um, but really check Ding. them out. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> I love that ding. <laughs> you you live for the ding. I do live for the ding. I'm so weak living for the ding. I'm that's you already know what I'm about to say. That that's gonna be the ding. Title. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> no, the way I flipped my page flipped backwards. I was like, where am I now? I'm weak. Okay, so we're in the time period of when Trump first got elected and he was going against Hillary Clinton. Mm. What a time to be alive. (laughs) It was definitely a moment. I feel like we came together. I mean, both sides came together, but it was very interesting looking back. Yeah, and kind of like Elaine talks about, that was the first, like, real political awakening that I think I had in life was during that election because I could vote I could really understand what was going on and actually like you know really care and understand about the policies that I stood for and that I wanted to see out of my elected leader yeah no I totally agree I remember buying a bunch of Hillary Clinton merch which looking back I'm like I don't know why I did that but (laughs) I was very invested yeah we were like in college I felt like it was a community of people who are actually 
cared about politics mm-hmm. versus in high school. I feel like no one really cares. It's more about like, I don't know. Who and, knows? Well, you know, with that, I think it's it's less that we, it's not that we don't care. It's we don't even know to care. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. My perspective was just so like a bubble, like Hoover. Yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. like the whole United States. Yeah. And like Katie, Texas is kind of like the same thing, like this bubble that you live in Mm. and like not truly understanding like, oh, I should actually care more about this and like speak out on it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So that was a cool election. I mean, in a way, it was cool. Yeah. (laughs) I was about to say, I mean, the outcome wasn't so cool, but. Do you remember the day that Trump got elected or the next day, I guess, because he got elected that night and then. We yeah, all had to go to work or like school or whatever the next day. Yeah, I remember my professor. They, I forget like who it was, but they were like, "If you need to take like today's class to like really just you know come to terms with what's going on in the world now, like do it. Like don't feel like you have to come to class today." Because I remember that night, like we were all I forget in whose dorm, probably yours, I think, in Rast. And just like watching it all play out. And we were like, this cannot be happening right now. Because before we went to sleep, it was like Trump was basically the projected winner. I know. We were just stunned. We were like, okay, but that's only projected. We could wake up and like it not be like that. But like now looking back, I'm like, little did I know (laughs) before I actually really cared about politics and understood how this worked. And what all of the language means, like, Gnosis. <laughs> yeah. Projected as in he won. Right. Like, they just have to, like, officially, quote unquote, confirm that that's it. Yeah, I remember it, too. I was, I was, it was an interesting time because the place that I worked was definitely, like, I guess a little more conservative at the time. So I went to work and everybody was, like, no one was talking about it and i was just like me and my one coworker who like are very liberal we mm-hmm. were like the world has ended like <laughs> <laughs> life is over life it literally is over not sure where where what's happening renew your passports immediately type energy and then everyone else was just chilling like it was a normal every day and i was like so y'all wanted this it's crazy that you say that because it's almost like that's what they wanted their normal every day to be instead of living in the shadows of their those thoughts and feelings but now having an elected leader who has those thoughts and feelings and being able to come out of the shadows and being empowered to speak in the way that they've always thought all along uh, yeah so I that's mean, why yeah. to, the, to them it was like this is just a normal day. Now I can just be like, oh, yeah, I support that because now we have a leader mm. who too supports that. No, you're right. And they knew from jump that he was going to win. Like they had not a doubt in their mind. You know, I just like would hear them talking, you know, whatever. And I'm like, because in my head, I was like, nah, no way he's going to win. You know, even when they would say that, I'd be like, no, there's just no way. But then he won. And I was like, oh, so y'all do know a little bit of something, something, something. Right, right. Y'all got that insider talk. Y'all yeah. know something. So anyway. But yeah. So during this time, Elaine is like growing Teen Vogue out of like crazy. 
Mm-hmm. And especially with them having to adapt to like the digital platform of things. Mm-hmm. Um, she even says the new Teen Vogue was giving voice to people and perspectives that had been routinely marginalized in mass media, all without abandoning our core fashion and celebrity DNA, which I was like, yes, these are the type of publications that we need in the world. And these are the things we should care about. Mm-hmm. I was so happy when I started to see them like creating the this conversation about politics within like the fashion community because Gen Z cares about fashion and they care about the world and the environment and all of these things. So I think it was like a very smart decision move. I mean, in a, in a sense, like as activism, it was obviously great, but just from a business perspective, I feel like it's something that the older people wouldn't understand that we're looking for, but we are looking for it and no one was giving us that. Right. There was a missing place in the market for that and Teen Vogue kind of fit the mold for it. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the blueprint. In the Period. Um, but that summer, uh, she photographed uh, two young women for the cover of the December 2016 issue that she felt embodied the spirit of Teen Vogue's new identity, which were Yara Shahidi and Rowan Blanchard, which I was like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Oh, cuties, but they're so powerful. So powerful. And she spent time getting to know them. And this, this is what really stuck out to me from this whole conversation. She said, Rowan made a point that day I've thought about often and referenced many times since. The thing about privileges, oftentimes you don't even have to think about inequality when you don't have to face it. And that kind of goes with my point earlier, like these awakenings that are happening and then like people showing their true identities of how they feel about the world and how things should run and their views and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is the thing about privilege. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I don't know Rowan Blanchard's ethnicity. I feel like she must be mixed with a bunch of different things or something because her look is so, like, vague, I guess. Like, I can't tell. Mm -hmm. But she's kind of white passing. So I think it's really great that she's someone who can shed light on it from, like, a perspective that we oftentimes overlook. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, what do you know? Like, you're privileged. But right. she obviously, for she, I think, is queer and, you know, just probably, you know, I don't know her ethnicity. So, you know, she probably does, like, face a lot of oppression in her own life that I, I just, like, wouldn't think of. But having her, as well as Yara, who's a black American and, you know, obviously struggles intersectionally Mm -hmm. it's nice to see like I guess the new wave of Gen Z activists because they really look also different right right and speaking of like I had a one-on-one with my boss last week and she was telling me about this story she saw on Facebook where it was this mom who posted about it and at her son's school they do this thing like birthday lunch where the child whose birthday it is gets to pick a few of their friends and they sit at a designated table and like have fun food and whatever whatever and so 
the mom goes to the school and like has birthday lunch with her son and she noticed one of the kids that she's never really heard him talk about before or really like seen and she's like oh who is that he was like oh you know we're not, we're really not friends i don't really know him and the mom was like well why did you invite him to sit like why didn't you pick somebody else who's like you're friends with and he was like well he's never really been picked for birthday lunch before so i thought it was time for him to have a turn that was like oh my gosh and this is at an elementary school that is so sweet right like he could identify this problem and being like oh like you're being left out that's not cool let me take the power that i have in my birthday lunch and include you you love to see it you really love to see it and it like gives me a new hope for humanity with gen (laughs) z because they care a lot and it shows Yes, it's different. It's something that the baby boomers are really not used to. They stay cracking on us because they're like, they don't get it. They don't understand. And we don't understand them. So it's just like. A whirlwind of misunderstandings. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And we be beefing on the internet too, so. Heavy. But, you know, I think it's sometimes it's healthy because I think at the end of it, everyone comes out with new perspectives. Um, That part. Yeah. So because I know baby boomers get like a lot of crap on them, but there are some like wisdoms that I think they hand down that are really good, like having values in your life and having those core values that, you know, kind of passes down that you're going to back up what you believe in. It's just on an amplified scale with Gen Z and millennials, like we're going to speak out about it. It's not going to be something that's like behind closed doors. I agree. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool that we each get more progressive. And I feel like the next generation, they better be perfect. Because <laughs> look at us. We're the doing amazing. <laughs> Laying out the blueprint for them. Yep. That's so um, funny. There's um, a quote that I underlined on 261. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like she has another... Um, she has like a few of these more like I guess cover issues or interviews for certain things with um, I guess activists of our time and of previous times mm-hmm. and she interviews Gloria Steinem as well as Amanda Stenberg who um, Amanda is like Caribbean American, so like black, and then Gloria is white. Um, and so they're just talking about intersectional fighting for intersectionally fighting for black liberation and feminism. And I just thought that was such um, a cool, a cool um, moment for Elaine in her career. She says that it's the type of highlight you work your whole life for. And I was like, I'm just so proud of her, her growth in general, but also in within Teen Vogue, I feel like it's been a very up and down roller coaster ride. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she, even though her work environment's not like the best right now, she's still Mm -hmm. a part of that triumvirate thing that we mentioned last episode. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the fact that she's getting to do such meaningful work, I feel like at least she's getting that side of her job fulfilled. You know what I mean? Right. The side that we all crave in our work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so awesome to be like journalism is just really cool. Like you p- impact so many people. So Right. And not to mention it again, but here's that ding. We truly, as we're wrapping up this season, we truly want to hear from you and be able to give us feedback. Let us know how we're doing, what you'd like to see in the next season, because this is a book club at the end of the day. It's just, you know, in a little podcast form. So we can't have that open discussion in a traditional setting, but through your letters and through your words, we can have those conversations that y'all are wanting to hear and that we want to talk about. <laughs> Burr. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, but one thing. Okay, so Gloria said something that I loved. She yeah. said, there's no such thing as white feminism. If it's white feminism, it doesn't exist. The world is divided between two kinds of people. The people who divide people and those who don't. And those who don't are growing in number. Period. Again, I'm sorry to to Rue because she hates when I say it, but she's probably not listening, so. And that's okay. She's only six. But (laughs) it's never too early to be well read. It is never too early or too late to be well read. Oh, Um, that's so cute. That's a little quote. Oh my gosh, we'll have to like coin that. I know, right? Put that on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Um, but it kind of goes to a point that I was gonna make later. Okay. okay. Um, well, actually, I guess I guess we're here. We're here. I can skip to this. <laughs> uh, Elaine talks about you know we're kind of in the all lives matter times of things, hmm. and about how we're fight we're fighting for so much all at the same time. Like tackling topics like racism, homophobia, Islamophobia, immigration reform, police brutality, reproduction rights. I feel like the list goes on. And something she's, oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> something she says, she says, when DeRay, oh, I'm going to butcher this, McKesson, a modern day civil rights activist, came to speak to the leaders of Condé Nast that same year, he said, We are not born woke. But rather, there are moments of awakening for each of us. And I said, I have never heard someone say it better. Yeah, yeah, no, that made it so clear. And I never had it explained in a way that's like, it's not just you're woke or you're not woke. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a continual process of learning, listening, stripping away the blinders that privilege puts on, which I've had to do so many times. Mm-hmm. And exposing yourself to suffering that doesn't always affect you in order to act from a place of understanding and empathy. Right. Like, right. Wow. Okay. Like this, this is the explanation that people need to talk about when they talk about being woke. Because a lot of people, it, you know, and especially with cancel culture that we face today, it's like people with cancel culture, people don't have room to grow. It's either you're woke or you're not. But I don't believe that. Because mm-hmm. I, I, you also have to have some type of faith that we can change people's hearts and they can become quote unquote woke on more issues. But we have to lay the foundation for them to even want to. 
Mm-hmm. Because you're having to peel back those blinders and you're having yeah. to have these conversations and make people think. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not as easy as, oh, you're not woke, so you're bad. I don't believe yeah. that. No, t- totally. I think we get it so confused and it's just like, like we want to make these split second decisions and we can it's just like, I feel like it's always bad to look at things in absolutes like that. Mm-hmm. Like you're either one thing or you're another thing because I voted for Biden, but that doesn't mean just because he acts woke online on Twitter or whatever that he doesn't have issues that I can't, you know, ask for better, ask for more. You know, I, I don't have to be satisfied with him just because he's quote unquote woke or Kamala like Mm -hmm. I have qualms with her too and you know just the system in general like just because we do one thing good or like you know one person gets you know just whatever it is that good that goes on like doesn't mean that racism's dead or over ever like it's always gonna be somewhere in the gray area Right. And I love that you make that point because I've seen so many people post about like, oh, y'all said voting for Biden, things would be better. But are they really better? But which, okay, I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, things are still pretty shitty right now. There's a lot of things that he can do that he's not done um, to better. But also, he's only been president, not even a year yet. There's still so much time we have. And also the system itself is so broken that I wouldn't expect any leader to come in there and magically wave a wand and fix every single issue that we have in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like living in like a fantasy world, I think. Exactly. So to me, yes, Biden and Kamala, and Kamala, because I'll say that too, they both have a lot of work to do. But to me, it's better than living in a world where my president can be openly racist and it not <laughs> right be a to problem. me to, to me, me to me that. and i took that personally <laughs> yeah exactly it's just we can't ignore we cannot ignore the racism because we're on the other end of it always right, right. and i mean there's a whole list of things i had a problem with him that i'm like whoo okay don't have to worry about that as much anymore there's still problems like we talk about but it's just not it's it's just not the same. It's not the same because you can wake up any day and he would have said some crazy stuff on Twitter the night before. Now the whole stock market's in shambles. Everyone's just frantically getting fired and rehired and there's a new scandal and like every time I get on Twitter there's he's f- trending just cuz he likes to be trending and you know, I, I feel a lot more at peace <laughs> when right. Joe is around. Right, right. Even though it's like, all right, Joe, let's kick it, let's kick it into maximum overdrive. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. But you know, the pros and the cons, right? There's always pros and cons. But uh, I guess that's kind of what we were saying. Like, yeah, nothing is good or bad. Right. There's always the gray area will always exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going into Elaine talking about Black Lives Matter movement and talking about these all these different conversations like we we're talking about before. And 
now she's going into the office and having to deal with the aftermath of Trump being elected. And Anna calls a meeting for vote and team vote staffers to gather in this conference room. And she says, many faces were red and slick with tears as she offered moving remarks that challenged us to turn this painful page together. And as much as I shared in the agony over this loss and what it signaled about the even darker days ahead of us, something else crystallized for me in that moment that I couldn't help but feel dejected by. The sudden outcry among mostly white women in our office reminded me of the pain I'd been feeling most acutely since the tragedy of Trayvon Martin's death and George Zimmerman's acquittal in 2013. Long before the streak of slain black bodies became trending hashtags. It seemed to confirm my sense we've been living in two different Americas all along. Mm. Yeah. And that goes back, I feel like, to the whole white feminism thing. Mm-hmm. You have to care about all women, not just <laughs> all women matter. <laughs> right, right. Gosh. But yeah, no, that's a very interesting moment for Elaine. And, she, you know, I feel like we all had that moment of that like, aha moment. Yeah, like, oh, you're not really, really on my side. Mm hmm. Like, not in the way that you claim to be. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why sometimes I'm surprised when I see like a white person who really. I guess is, is is like really educating themselves on all the ways that racism affects everyone, you know, because it's just so easy not to care about something when it doesn't affect you or your family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, Elaine, they're having this awakening at Teen Vogue, understanding the assignment of the platform that they need to be for their listeners and not their listeners. Ha ha, y'all are our listeners. They're readers and realizing the power that they have to make these conversations happen. And that's a lot of what she's talking about. And she even says in under a year, Teen Vogue went from being seen as a cautionary tale just another team titled Doom for Defeat in a Struggling Economy to a new exemplary case studied study of a youth-focused, mission-driven media company that doubled down on a new direction in a politicized climate and attracted a more engaged audience. In other words, they're killing it. Yes, unex- rather unexpectedly, but they're killing it. Right. And so Elaine, I mean, she, but she has been killing it. And mm. now, and she even says, anyone will tell you the greatest leverage in any negotiation is a successful track record and a genuine willingness to walk away. And that's where she is. Because we just went through this whole roller coaster of her not really being the boss, but being the boss, and then not really getting her worth of the promotion that she had received, to now being like, yeah, that's not going to fly anymore. Like, give mm. me my flowers. Mm, that part yeah she says that she has um, an amazing track record which she does mm-hmm. and at this point her other two partners in this situation they're like heading up different stuff in the company right. so they're literally not even heading the direction of the magazine the way Elaine is mm-hmm 
And she's like, fuck you, pay me. Like, <laughs> I've waited long enough and I want the corner office and everything that I should have gotten when I really was promoted and have started doing all the work here. Right. And she says, a year following my first promotion with a brand turnaround under my belt, I went directly to Anna to thank her for the incredible <laughs> opportunity. She had no intention of asking for what frankly, felt she had earned honestly. So instead, she expressed gratitude for the chance she was given to help lead the team to success. And like you were saying, like, less than 24 hours later, Anna had given her everything she'd hoped for originally. A commensurate salary, the official editor-in-chief title, and even the big corner office that typically comes with a job of leading a magazine brand. Like, she was the freaking leader of Teen Vogue and wasn't already getting this. That would have, oh, it just would have never happened to a white man. It wouldn't have. And she says it was a bittersweet win, but a big win nonetheless. And I really appreciated that because often in these times, sometimes it'll be like, ugh, it sucked. But it's like, okay, yeah, it sucked, but we're Hmm. still going in the right direction. Yes. And she says, I knew it wasn't going to solve the more systemic issues at play, which I said per because it's there, sis. But what was most validating about that exchange was having the opportunity to feel seen and heard in a way I had nece- I had not necessarily anticipated. She accepted the new offer, this time under favorable terms because she recognized that there were still more dreams worth chasing from this post. And that night, she wrote a bucket list of goals and gave herself until the end of the year to accomplish them. And I said, I love this awakening in Elaine that we continuously are seeing chapter by chapter. I agree. It's really inspiring to watch or to read about. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, in a sense, we're kind of watching it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because like, I had never really heard of Elaine on this magnitude before us (laughs) reading this book. Bless you. Thank you. And it was kind of cool to see on our Twitter, which if y'all aren't following us on Twitter, you should. One of our followers messaging or tweeting saying that they hadn't heard of Elaine either before listening to our show. And like, they're so glad that they know her now. I know we're out here. We're out here, Elaine. We're out here being inspirational, at least trying to be. (laughs) (laughs) Succeeding. 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 That was our that was our gratification right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Y'all stay tuned because she's coming on the podcast. I'll tell you what. We keep manifesting that every episode and it's going to happen. Yeah, it really is. I know. Mark our words. Mark our words. And then next, you know, you'll see us on the Teen Vogue cover. Ah! (laughs) You and me doing this. (laughs) Yeah, fist up, baby. (laughs) Oh my goodness, iconic. That would be so iconic. That's when it would be a full, like, just, oh my gosh. I can't imagine. Ah! Okay, but next chapter, chapter 21 Burning Out. Which is real. Burnout is real. Take care of yourselves. Mm-hmm. Recognize it when it's happening. Don't wait too late. Mm-hmm. Just do the thing. Period. Oh, God. I'm going to be better next time, y'all. <laughs> Not I'm going to be better next time, y'all. <laughs> but for real, though, like we're we're on the come up. That's just that's just what it is. It's it's the come up. We're we're in the thick of things as we continuously say in this chapter. 
we are. Or not chapter, season, I should say. Leave us a review if you like us. Don't if you don't. Just give us <laughs> your feedback privately in an email, please. Right. And we'll we'll get to that. If we see it, we're going to message and be like, this could have been an email. <laughs> Right, I better not see any bad reviews, y'all. Please, please. We're trying out here. We are two young black women trying to make a difference in this world. Support us. Support. I'm so weak. Okay. But you will see us next time on another episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana for the last time. I'm Samra for the last time. Bye, y'all. Peace. Looking for an age-appropriate gift for a teen or tween that incorporates reading with beauty? Beauty in a Book Box is a quarterly subscription box company for tweens, teens, and adults. Each box is professionally curated by an educator, nurse, and cosmetologist. All boxes include accessories and beauty products. Established in 2019, their purpose is to align literacy and personal care. Beauty items can range from makeup, skincare, to hair products. They offer book options for the teen and adult box. One-time gift options can also be found on their website. Use our code BAABB16 for 10% off your first box. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SheWellRead to stay in the loop. Also, be sure to send us listener letters, fan mail, or PR to our new P.O. Box, 1725 Gardendale, Alabama, 35071. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to SheWellReadQA at gmail.com or post about it in our Facebook group. And for any business inquiries or collabs, send us an email to SheWellRead at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode. We love you and stay well read. Bye! Bye.